Section 6 of the Book of Famous Sieges. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stephen Seidel. The Book of Famous Sieges by Tudor Jinks. The Siege of Plataea, 429 B.C. In the history of Greece, there were two great leading parties. At the head of one stood the state of Sparta, while the other was led by the Athenians. The jealousy between these two powers led at last to the long contest known as the Peloponnesian War. In the state of Boeotia was the city of Plataea, the only one of its state that was friendly to the Athenians. Secretly, 300 Thebans, allies of Sparta, gained admission to the city one night, and marching to its public square, summoned the Plataeans to give up their alliance with Athens, and to join with them on the Spartan or Lacedaemonian side. When the Plataeans discovered how small a body of Thebans were in the city, they captured more than half the invaders and put them to death, in spite, the Thebans said, of a promise to spare their lives. This was the immediate cause of the outbreak of the war. A great army, collected under Archidamus, the Spartan king, and, entering Attica, ravaged it far and wide, burning towns, destroying crops, and carrying off what they could not destroy. Meanwhile, the Athenians remained behind their walls in Athens, refusing to risk a battle. The Spartans did not attempt to assault Athens, the walls of which were high and strong. This was the first campaign, and the second was carried on in the same way. But during the second campaign, the Athenian forces captured Mytilene, killed over a thousand nobles, threw down the walls of the city, and sent colonists who were friendly to the Athenians to occupy its lands. Meanwhile, the Spartan forces, united with the Thebans, had attacked Plataea, laying waste in their march all the country round about. Then the forces encamped before the walls and sent heralds to summon the city to surrender. The Plataeans begged for time to consult the Athenian leaders, and a truce was granted. But soon word was received that the Athenians insisted that Plataea should remain true to the alliance, so there was no choice but to stand the siege. So cruelly was the war waged on both sides that the Plataeans did not dare announce their decision to hold out except from the top of the walls, and as soon as surrender was refused, the besiegers began their work against the city. They cut down all the trees for a wide space round about, and built a palisade on all sides of the city to keep the Plataeans from escaping. Then they began to throw up an enormous mound to bring them on a level with the top of the walls. This mound was built of wood, stones, and earth, and its sides are said to have been protected by a sort of wooden latticework of interwoven trees and branches to keep the sides from falling outward. Upon this work the men labored night and day in relays, and it was completed in seventy days, that is, it was built up to the walls and made the same height. But one difficulty in raising a mound against a city 
lies in the fact that it gives warning to those inside of the exact point to be attacked and the plataeans raised their wall by building up a structure of logs opposite the end of the mound and backing this wooden breastwork with bricks taken from houses nearby the front of it was as usual covered with rawhides so that it might not be set on fire by thrown torches and flaming darts so far the advantage was on the side of the plataeans since they had plenty of material within the walls to raise their breastwork as fast as the mound was built up and they could annoy the besiegers from the walls by shooting down upon them while less exposed to arrows than were the workmen outside also from behind their walls the plataeans dug an underground mine leading to the front of the mound and as fast as the mound was raised they dug the ground away from beneath the loose stuff of which the mound was built fell rapidly into the opening below, and so the secret mine was discovered. To prevent the ruin of the mound, the engineers of the besiegers filled in the hole with wattles, that is, with branches woven together which kept the earth solid. The Plataeans, however, carried their mine still farther than the head of the mound, and continued to dig it away from below as it was built up above. The next step by the besiegers was to set up their engines against the wall, and by bringing a heavy battering ram to bear, they soon succeeded in breaking it through at one point, only to discover that the Plataeans had prepared for this by building inside the breach a second wall in a half-moon shape, what has since been called a demi-loon or half-moon, so that after the wall was broken through it was impossible for foes to enter the town without undergoing a terrific fire of stones and arrows and a rain of all sorts of missiles from the new inner wall while forcing that also other rams were set to work at different parts of the wall but some were caught in nooses and pulled aside others broken by means of great timbers which were slung by chains from each end and supported by poles thrust over the walls by raising these great timbers and letting them fall again some of the rams were broken these devices were not new but were known even to the ancient egyptians and assyrians by this time the besiegers had made up their minds that the city was not to be easily taken and consequently decided that the place must be starved into submission since the siege had been expected by the plataeans they had long ago prepared for it by filling the city with provisions by sending away all except the fighting men four hundred plataeans and eighty athenians with a hundred and ten women to bake bread the spartans decided to build something stronger than the palisades around the city so that a smaller force might keep the plataeans in and they built two long walls protected inside and out by a ditch this was to resist any sally by the plataeans and at the same time to prevent their being rescued by an athenian attack from without their two walls were sixteen feet apart and at intervals were towers extending clear across from wall to wall here and there were huts to protect the soldiers these long walls were built of bricks and when they were finished the besiegers thought they could safely send away half of their force but before giving up the attempt to take the city by storm they made one last attempt 
bringing great faggots of dried branches they tumbled these one night into the space between the mound and the wall poured sulphur and pitch over them and when all was ready set fire to the great pile undoubtedly this fire might have destroyed the wooden barriers which the plataeans had built for it was far too fierce for them to extinguish the historian thucydides says that it was the greatest fire ever seen save where forests are enkindled by the rubbing together of branches but during that night came a great thunderstorm which extinguished the flames this attempt having failed and most of the force having marched away there came a lull in the siege while the besiegers waited for the provisions in the town to be exhausted too feeble to make an open attack the plataeans became so reduced by famine that at last more than half of them decided upon attempting to escape secretly from the place so as to leave more food for the rest in order to climb over the besiegers walls it was necessary to make scaling ladders and the first question to be settled was how long these should be we get a good idea of the simplicity and lack of science of the soldiers of the time when we learn how they decided as to the height of the besiegers walls they sent to the battlements a great number of plataeans to count how many bricks there were from top to bottom this they could do thucydides tells us because the wall on the side toward the city had not been thoroughly whitewashed when the men had reported how many bricks they had counted the leaders took the report of the majority and then worked out from this by a simple sum and multiplication the height of the wall the scaling ladders being made of the right length the two hundred and twenty-two plataeans who had decided to attempt an escape waited for a dark and stormy night when they knew that the sentinels on the besiegers walls would retire to the towers for shelter then keeping some distance apart from one another so that their weapons might not clash and having only the left foot shod to prevent slipping in the mire the plataeans lowered themselves from their own wall crossed the space between erected their ladders and climbed to the top of the besiegers wall the leading party of plataeans were armed with daggers and spears and were followed by a number of archers climbing quietly to the top of the wall in the rain and darkness a number of them had gained the top when the usual awkward soldier knocked down a tile and its clatter aroused the enemy an outcry was followed by the rush of armed guards from the towers to man the whole wall but the plataeans as soon as they had gained the top had seized the towers to the right and the left of the place where they were crossing and were able by stationing a strong force of archers in each to keep back the besiegers as it had been arranged so soon as the attempt had been discovered the plataeans inside the town made a pretended assault against the walls of the besiegers and in the darkness it was impossible to tell which attacks were real and which were feigned while the besiegers were thus in uncertainty the escaping plataeans had all succeeded in reaching the top of the outer side of the spartan wall and those who had already crossed ranged themselves on the farther side of the outer ditch from which they were able to direct their fire against the besiegers who tried to regain the captured wall as the spartans carried torches 
and the Plataeans were in darkness, the latter fought at a great advantage, and their archers slew many of the Lacedaemonians. When three hundred reserve troops of the besiegers had found out where the real attempt to break out was being made, and had arrived to prevent the crossing, they found that they had come too late and could only shoot into the darkness toward where they supposed the escaping Plataeans to be marching. It had been arranged among the besiegers that if an attempt to break out should be made, certain signals should be displayed by lighting torches. But the Plataeans very cleverly lighted many torches of their own in different parts of the wall, so as to confuse the signals that were meant to bring help to the Spartans. As soon as a force could be got together, it pursued the escaping Plataeans. But these, having at first taken the road toward Thebes, that is, toward their enemy's country, rightly believing that this was the last direction they would be expected to take, were able to get a good start, and then to turn back toward the mountainous country, where all trace of them was lost. Of the two hundred and twenty, all but eight escaped, a few having turned back while yet between the walls, and one unfortunate archer having been captured just at the outer ditch. In the morning, the Plataeans, who had been told by the few who returned that the attempt had been an utter failure and all were captured, begged for a truce to bury the bodies of their friends, a request that must have angered the besiegers, and that led to the discovery of their friends' successful escape. As for those left within the city, they were soon brought to terms. An assault against the city being tried was so weakly met as to prove a second might easily be successful. But as a matter of politics, the assault was not made for a very curious reason. The besiegers did not wish to take the city by storm when once they were sure of it. Looking forward to a time when peace should be made, they wished to be able to say that the Plataeans had surrendered of their own free will. So they persuaded the Plataeans to let them enter the city and to submit the question of surrendering to certain men sent from Sparta. As it was impossible to refuse, the Plataeans agreed to the terms. Then followed a sort of mock trial, consisting really of long political speeches on both sides, which resulted in the putting to death of nearly all the garrison and the selling into slavery of the unfortunate women who had been retained in the city to bake the soldiers' bread. Within a year afterward, the whole city was destroyed, and the materials used to build a great caravansary and a temple to the goddess Hera, or Juno. The siege of Plataea thus ended with the escape of half its defenders and the death of the rest. As an example of the art of war, it at least shows a great advance in military devices over the aimless fighting about Troy, proving that the Greeks had gained, during the centuries, some notion of how cities might be taken. The struggle had lasted for two years, and is looked upon as the first really methodical siege. Here were regular walls, towers, and battlements to keep the siege from escaping and also a second line of the same defenses to keep aid from reaching them. It was the first circumvallation. Then, too, the besiegers used the mound in assaults, 
and there was mining to destroy siege works with the building of towers within to meet towers outside and the making of a second wall to defend a breach made in the first there was science shown on both sides end of section six